You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Guys, it is race week and we're so excited. Yes, it's race week and we have uh, Mithila's daughter Antara cooing because it's like the last triple header of the season that's uh, upon us. We've got Bahrain, uh, Bahrain Outer as we call it and Abu Dhabi. You know, these three races are to follow before we officially close one of the most challenging Formula 1 seasons in history. True, and uh, Kunal, the 2020 Formula 1 uh, World Championships have already been decided. Uh, we know that Mercedes has scored the Constructors title yet again, and Lewis Hamilton has the Drivers title yet again. But the excitement is far from over. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think the one race everyone is eagerly looking forward to is the Bahrain Outer. Uh, you know, it's going to be a sub-60 second lap time. The layout just seems like it has more straights than corners. And then, of course, the the ever-changing, ever-entertaining fight for P3 uh, in the race and in the Constructors' Championship. And, guys, the excitement continues on the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast because we had Lando Norris on our show last week before Turkey. And now we have none other than Valtteri Bottas on our show uh, before the first race in Bahrain. We know that Valtteri Bottas is probably going to be the vice world champion in all probability in 2020 as well, as we like to call him. And yes, he'll probably be the vice world champion in 2021 if uh, he's going to be digging into all the wisdom he's collected over the last four years of partnering Lewis Hamilton. Hopefully. Yes. But Mithila, I like uh, how you put it, the vice world champion that he may you know, well become this year. He's 27 points ahead of Max Verstappen. In the Drivers' Championship. And yes, guys, as you all know, we have had world champions on our show in the past. We've had Mika Hakkinen. uh, We've had Nico Rosberg. There's some Finnish connection there. Now we have uh, Valtteri Bottas. And uh, since you mentioned vice world champion, I think David Coulthard also was a vice world champion. I think 91 or 92, if I'm not mistaken. That's a good insight. Valtteri Bottas joins an illustrious list of drivers on the Inside Line F1 podcast. True, we're thrilled to have him on our show. And Kunal, especially because we have so many Finnish listeners and close friends also. Yes, so this uh, Valtteri Bottas interview is courtesy Park Ferme. Uh, so thank you guys for collaborating with us yet again. Yes, the Lando Norris interview was also courtesy Park for me. So thank you. That was a wonderful interview. Yes. So for all of y'all in the Nordics interested in signing up for a paddock pass, which is uh, Park Ferme's subscription service, use the code PP2020 or PAPA2020 to avail a 25% discount on their annual plans. And guys, like always, worry not, I will put the code in the episode description as well. 
And a big thank you to Lucien for his music. Guys, please listen to Lucien Byfeld's awesome music on Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify. He's everywhere. And thank you Lucien. We love your tunes, we love your content. And uh, okay, so before we get started with the Valtry Botas interview, uh I'm going to propose that we do two fun things, right? And the first one is let's really find out how a Finn would pronounce Valtry Botas, right? Because uh, you know, I've been saying this for a couple of years. I think Formula 1, especially on television, is so obsessed with pronouncing Charles Leclerc as Charles Leclerc and not Charles Leclerc, you know the English pronunciation. That's true. And this is where I have been saying, why are we, you know, overlooking the fact that Valtteri Bottas is an English pronunciation? That's very true. Gana. Okay. Thank so, you for bringing this up. Yes, so we've asked a dear friend who is Finnish by the way, and he's a big Formula 1 fan, uh, you know, has loved Hakkinen, Raikkonen and now Bottas. to actually teach us how valtry botas would be pronounced in finland and this is what uh, captain petri pirinen sent us as an audio bite so, can i before you play the bite are you actually absolutely sure that it's pronounced petri and not petri or something different as they would in finland yeah well <laughs> that's a good point i'm sure it's petri in finland but yeah okay here's petri teaching us how to pronounce valtry botas in finnish Valtteri Bottas. Thank you, Petri. Kunal, I'm going to have a go at it. I'm going to say Valtteri Bottas. Yes, Valtteri Bottas. That's not bad, right? Yes. So <laughs> thanks, Petri, or thanks, Petri. Uh, I'm guessing we are all going to keep trying through this episode, and hopefully, you know, after that, in usual life, when Valtteri we... Bottas. Yes. <laughs> There you go. Okay. The second fun thing we would like to do before we get started, uh, you know, Kunal, the last time we had the Lando Norris interview, we said at the start that the episode with um, the interview with Lando would be around the twenty-minute mark, and we saw in our analytics, guys, that so many of you actually just forwarded straight to the twenty-minute mark. Yes, Mithila yeah. saying this in a lot of. I was upset. <laughs> yes, exactly what I was going. To I say. thought I was the celebrity on the show, not Lando. <laughs> okay, so what is the episode minute? Going to be for Valtteri's interview. Let's put it out there. Kunal, the Valtteri Bottas interview is about, I would say, ten minutes long, and it's going to be at around the twelfth or the fourteenth minute of this episode. Uh, you know, just so that we share equal airtime with him. Yes. Because we matter. Yeah. <laughs> also, the opening couple of minutes is something that we do for all shows. So why not? And uh, also a special thank you to Mercedes for enabling this interview. Yes, thank you Mercedes, thank you Park Fermi. So, in this week's episode we have an interview with Valtteri Bottas as you guys already know. Uh, he's going to speak about the intensity of his competition with Lewis Hamilton. This is despite losing the title to Hamilton for the fourth consecutive season. That just sounds rude, losing the title to Hamilton for fourth consecutive season. Yes, that's the truth and that's what the statistics will always read but like you said you know it has been intense between the two mercedes drivers at least on saturdays you know valtteri's been closer to uh, to lewis than ever before i think yeah but you know like you always keep saying the points are won on sunday and uh, his races could have been stronger at least in my humble opinion you know it's like Bottas has been closer in qualifying in 2020 but he seems to be further away from uh, Lewis in race pace so he's missing out there. Yeah, that's actually a very insightful statement. I'm actually 
going to dig into some data to see if we can pull out some graphs on that, right? But uh, I would also think that, you know, Bottas has also had a fair bit of bad luck and some really bad race starts in oh, 20, 2020. I mean, race starts have always been his thing. You know, he's always been such a good starter that the question's always been asking, oh, did he jump to start again? Because he's been so good at them. And he's had a few really bad starts in 2020. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, the tire burst in Silverstone, the damage he had in Turkey. And, and uh, I think even one of the races before that where Sebastian Vettel's wing was stuck in his, you know, race uh, car and then he had to lose. He lost the lead to Lewis Hamilton at that point. So just another season of bad, slightly bad performances and bad luck for him, I think. And of course, uh, Bottas has the fastest car on the grid. But Kunal, he's got his hands on that car when Lewis Hamilton has been driving like he's from another planet. Absolutely. Planet Hamilton. Yeah, it's like uh, he can win with Mercedes, but first he has to beat Lewis. Um, and that's something only one other driver has done yet as far as championships go. Yes, so let's discuss two more points before we hand it over to Seaman and Valtteri Bottas, I would say. Uh-huh. I see you're practicing well, kudos. Yes, I'm going to try and make sure I keep saying Valtteri Bottas and uh, drive home the point. But anyway, the first of the two points that I wish to talk about is, you know, the first obviously being the sheer challenge that, you know, uh, Valtteri has at Mercedes, you know, we all know he got the call up out of literally nowhere at the end of 2016. Uh, he entered a team that is Hamilton's home in every way. And uh, he's been living season to season. Let's remember, guys, because his contracts have been renewed literally on an annual basis only. And that can be unsettling in so many ways as well. I agree. That's extremely commendable. I mean, fighting for a world championship, but having no job security, you know, if that's a word I could use. Uh, In fact, uh, in this interview, guys, he talks about whether he could race at Mercedes longer than Lewis Hamilton and if George Russell could actually be his teammate. And uh, Bottas also addresses whether George Russell will replace him in 2022 and how it's actually to race a Mercedes Formula 1 car. That, to me, is my favourite answer when he speaks about you know, the the one or the many qualities that separate Mercedes from the rest of the cars on the grid, right? But, uh, okay, uh, back to my point. Uh, I know that, you know, Valtteri gets uh, trolled each time he's beaten. And that's when fans end up questioning if somebody else should be in that seat. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, he's literally up against one of the most intense sporting rivalries of recent times race after race, fortnight after fortnight. And uh, so I think it's, you know, it's good if we all save him some trolling and appreciate the the rivalry that we have at hand. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there has to be a loser. And Bottas is trying very hard to not be that loser every season. But alas, he's up against Lewis Hamilton. To me, his progress has been very visible in 2020. Like I said, the gaps between the two drivers have been barely down to a few tenths in qualifying. Yeah, thanks for putting that out there, Kunal. I mean, sometimes uh, it's really tough to imagine what these drivers go through and not all of us can quite understand. Um, Anyway, I also looked through your notes, so I know what your second point with regards to this interview is. And we're going to talk about 
who did Mercedes overlook while hiring Bottas for 2017? Um, the first name that kind of came to my mind was Pascal Verlaine. And he only just admitted in an interview that he lost out to Bottas for the Mercedes seat because he only had a season's experience in Formula 1 at that time uh, compared to, you know, the few that Bottas had had with Williams. I tell you what, if Pascal Verlaine was knocking on Formula 1's door at this very moment, and some might also add that if he was knocking as on Formula 1's door and not being a Mercedes Junior driver, I think he would have found a spot somewhere on the grid. Uh, given just how teams are chasing younger drivers with every passing season, right? And uh, if we were to also broaden this list further, you know, of drivers who Mercedes sort of overlooked while they signed uh, Valtteri Bottas, and I'm going to go back to the English pronunciation because it's just easier, right? So Mercedes overlooked Daniel Ricciardo because, you know, of course, he was a Red Bull driver, uh, and he wasn't the Ricciardo then as he is now. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, Kimi Raikkonen, the other two big names, uh, they were, of course, with Ferrari back then. Uh, the usual suspects, if I remember. Uh, Checo Perez, Nico Hulkenberg, they were, well, waiting for a good seat back then, just the way they're waiting for a good seat now. Nothing has changed, basically. Yes. Uh, and Carlos Sainz Jr., Max Verstappen had barely just started out. And, of course, there was no Shah's Leclerc back in Formula 1 in that time. True, and I also remember that uh, Felipe Massa and Jensen Button, they raced in 2016 as well, but they were basically spent forces uh, back then. And um, also Fernando Alonso. I mean, I don't think Alonso's, um, you know, racing a Mercedes again in his life, at least not with the official team. Yes, uh, right. So, okay, let's get back to Valtteri Bottas, okay? And I saw you've gone back to the canal. Yes. <laughs> we also go back to another thing we've become very famous for, and I know a few of you all have written into us, which is when we recommend drinking games. And of course, we recommend enjoying yourself socially but responsibly. So, in this interview, look out for the phrase for sure. Uh, and, you know, if my memory is correct, he uses it more than a few times to come. Cheers to that. And Kunal, can I tell you another driver who really, really loves that phrase? It's Esteban Ocon. For sure. For sure. Yes. (laughs) But like I said, be responsible, guys. Uh, You know, have fun. Enjoy the interview at at your own will. Correct. And also on to Valtteri Bottas. So he also shares his views on the famous statement. And this is a statement we've loved to discuss on this podcast as well. That 90% of the drivers could win in a Mercedes car. Yes. And then he, of course, talks about his other love, which is rallying. And how that's helped him in Formula 1 and if rallying could uh, follow in his life after Formula 1, right? But just to also stay with that whole 90% of drivers could win in a Mercedes-Benz, you know, Carlos Sainz has offered a very interesting perspective that of all the drivers who would be in the Mercedes winning races, 90% of them wouldn't even be able to beat Lewis Hamilton given just how much uh, Hamilton has been shining in in this hybrid uh, Turbo era, right? But let's let's stick to Valtteri Bottas. Let's stick to Valtteri. And Kunal, you know, one last question before we actually hand over to the interview. What do you think is next for Bottas after this stint at Mercedes? Well, personally, I think he would love to continue in Formula 1. But I don't believe there might be a spot for him at some place, given how, you know, like I said earlier, teams are going for younger drivers. And uh, I have a feeling... Uh, He's going to pursue rallying 
I don't know at what level, but I think it's going to be rallying or some other form of motorsport. Great. So, guys, on that note, here is Valtteri Bottas and his interview with Park Fermi. Thank you for this once again, Simon. But now you're in you're in Mercedes, of course, with the very best team we see, both both in in car and which also with you drivers. You're you're very close to Lewis. Uh, is it so that because of Lewis, all this record-breaking stuff, uh, is it easy to forget how you do also perform nowadays? You think? If you look at the numbers and you know amount of points and wins, yeah, it would be easy to forget. But uh, actually, there's been so many races that it's been so close, you know, that I would have been on pole or would have won or something. So actually, it's been really positive year in that sense that I feel my performance has been better than any previous year before. And again, that gives me good courage um, that I'm working in the right direction and 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 for the future as well. But I really need to focus on the positive things at, at, at this point. We see uh, different hints from Lewis that he may not be in Formula 1 Mercedes for many years in the future. Maybe he also hinted that this could be his last season. Do you, can you imagine yourself staying in Mercedes longer than, than Lewis and maybe be the, the driver who actually gets the most focus like Lewis has, uh, Lewis has nowadays? For me, this team like I think also every driver thinks it is the team to be, you know, it's what um, we've been making history and um, everyone wants to be on, on this seat. That's how it goes. And I still see many years in myself and I still see that I, I'm still peaking as a, as a driver in terms of the skill. So for sure, if there would be an opportunity, uh, of course, I would like to commit to, to this team for a long time. Um, but at the same time, also, we need to see, you know, how things go in the future. You can't predict, but uh, I would say yes for now. Yeah. You managed to stay for a while now, even though we had, we had this year-to-year contracts. Uh, are yeah. you feel threatened by George, who is this upcoming Mercedes junior, or do you imagine that George can be your teammate uh, in the future? You never know. You know, you could be teammate with with anyone in this sport. It, it's how it goes, and of course, he's he's been uh, supported by Mercedes, and he's still with Williams next year, and obviously depending how he does, how I do. Um, of course, there's always a threat in Formula 1 for your seat, but I don't let that to be the main thing in my mind. I just really want to achieve my goals, and as long as I achieve those, then I know that uh, the future will be good. Yeah, um, I would see that it's so close margin between you and Lewis. How frustrating is it to be that close and not always be on the other side of, of the correct line? <laughs> is no, it, yeah. it must be difficult, or is it just uh, motivating you? It is. It is. <laughs> Sometimes really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's for sure. It's when you give it all, and if you miss a pole position by a few hundreds of a second, or in the race things go not on your way, and even though you had the pace, it's yeah, it is hard. But it's also the also the fun of it. You know that everything needs to click and everything needs to go right if you want to win. So uh, you know, it's uh, it's the beauty beauty of it that you need to work hard for it and then it feels uh, amazing when it happens. Uh, I saw Verstappen said that uh, about 90% of the field could win in the Mercedes. Is that mm. an insult or is it an honor to you that he states that? Or do you agree with him also? For sure, if you look at the number of wins this year for us as a, as a team, it's also a fact that you know uh, when you're in a Mercedes, there's always a chance to win. That's how, how it goes. So um, I don't think it as, as a bad thing. <laughs> um, I also you, you have been 
no driving since 2017. That was the major rule change for that season. So I don't know how it is to compare with the Williams, but it seems like the Mercedes also is a very easy car to drive. You don't need to struggle a lot. Everything works. Can you describe how it actually is to drive this car? Yeah, it's um, in terms of you know how the car handles. It's it's super precise on the uh, on the setup changes you do. So you, uh, obviously, yeah, as I said, there was a regulation change, but. Uh, the big thing is the setup options you can have and how you can fine-tune the balance and when you're able to find that balance for each corner and around the lap then it looks easy you know that looks like it's going on the rails but it's just four wheel sliding and not having too much understeer or too much oversteer and it is pretty pretty fine piece of of, of kit and uh, definitely up the amount of downforce nowadays in the cars it makes it it's super fast in the corners, so it's really, really nice. Is it, is it like that you are so now used to this and all the G-forces, all, all the power, all the speed? Is it so that you can actually relax when you drive? Can, can you be relaxed in the body and, and go fast? In a certain way, yes, but certain way, no. <laughs> it's still it's still always it's still hard work in, in the corners and mentally, you know, if you want to drive fast, then it's tricky to relax too much, so um, it's still consuming in terms of the focus you need to keep up uh, during the race and, and everything. And, and qualifying lap is really intense, so uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've been very impressed by you finish, guys, is that it, it hasn't been many of you in, in Formula 1, but those of you who have reached this have been very good. Uh, what? Uh, Compared to Norway, we also have go-karting, we have racing, we have rallying, as you also know. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't gotten any Norwegians into, into Formula 1. How How is the success recipe from Finland since you are managing to produce so great drivers uh, as you have done? Like recruiting with, with go-kart and all this stuff. How does that work and why are you being so good? Yeah, to other Scandinavian countries, the weather is not an explanation because it's the uh, same weather every <laughs> pretty much every country. Um, for, for me, I think the main thing for me, I always say, is, is the culture. It's very, very much a motorsport country. And in any, any motorsport category, the category, there's lots of young kids and good opportunities for the, for the youngsters to do the sport. Um, and I think it's also a bit of a snowball effect when you have the heroes in Formula 1. Like for me, it was Mika Hakkinen, that you really follow and you really admire someone. and. Want to, want to be someone and success as, as they did it motivates the kids even more you know to try so um, that's the only thing I can say really but yeah is, is that the culture as you say in Finland that it's easier to get back into to race in, in your career uh, it's never easy I think still there's so many wasted wasted talents I think as in all the countries that are left without the, the right support I think you also need to be at the right place at the right time and to find the right people around you to guide on your career and of course the financial support. Um, there's no normal family that can do it so you need big, good companies to support you. Um, in Finland I think, I don't think it's easy but I don't know if it's any easier in any, <laughs> any other country or more difficult so yeah. Is it so that it, it is as easy to go at the call? Got track as it is to play football. Is it as easy in, in Finland? You have this all over the place. Nearly, nearly, nearly. You know, 
where I was born. Uh, there was a go-kart track 10 minutes away and to start with it's not expensive at all compared to many other sport to start with. Uh, so yes, it is really accessible. Yeah, uh, sure. your, your rally plans, you have been into rallying here in Norway, we really love Formula 1 drivers going into rallying. What are your thoughts on rallying in the future, both on national and national mm. level? I really enjoy it a lot, you know, it's, it's something fun for me, something completely different. But also I feel um, beneficial for my driving and, you know, the driving skills, car control, even multitasking because you have to listen to the guy next door. <laughs> um, so it's actually really, really good for me, I think. So I'm planning to do the Arctic Rally in January, again, in Lapland, if it happens. And in the future, no doubt, I'm going to be doing more, more. But um, yeah, I still have a small thing to do, try and win the F1 title first. So uh, focus on that for now. Kunal, I love the interview and I especially love the ending, you know, where he says that I want to be a Formula One world champion. They all do. All the 20 drivers who get into Formula One and the 50 waiting in line, everyone is dreaming about becoming a Formula One world champion. Yeah, and frankly, I really hope that Botas is able to join Nico Rosberg as, you know, the only other driver to have beaten Lewis Hamilton to a Formula One world champion uh, as a teammate. I mean, he's got at least one more chance to do it in 2021. And after that, who knows? Yes, absolutely. But thank you, Seaman. A great interview. Uh, I'm going to leave the promotional code uh, in the episode description for those eager to subscribe to Park Fermi's Paddock Pass. And guys, we'll see you in a few days with the Pits 2 podium segment where Somil and I will look forward to the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on this episode, Mithila and Thank guys. Thank you. On that note, adios. Keep racing.